have a unique ability to get mass exposure at your home. And they're also very loud and annoying. When you're ready to talk about your real estate journey with the guys, just go to rondonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 315 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about how I'm trying to become a slow walker because everybody's a slow walker in the crosswalks uh, here in Seattle. I don't know about where you guys live. So I, I'm trying to do that, enjoy myself, going across the old crosswalk. It's not working very well, and I'll tell you why. Coming up. Also, how come so many... So many car and truck manufacturers out there have been sidelined, but when it comes to building Toyotas, Toyota's just pumping these things out. In fact, my friend Joe bought four Toyotas the other day, and he didn't have to wait. Some of the other guys are saying, hey, you want a Chevy, Silverado? You may have to wait until fall of 2022. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I'm kind of getting to the point now. I went to the gym today. Had to wear my mask. I'm working out. I don't like working out with a mask on. I'm fully vaccinated. I do have uh, care and concern about my son who's 11. He's not 12. Hasn't been vaccinated yet. What's really interesting is we're talking about this. We're recording this. They're getting ready for another March on Washington. The former president has come out and said, encourage this. He's called all these people patriots. And it's kind of interesting when when you look at vaccination in this country, what I've started to do, because they say, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to be politicians that change people's minds. It's going to be you and I with our friends and with our family. So I've started engaging friends and family members and taking more of a hardcore approach, which I've never done before. I really think that this is one of those issues that you can't stay on the sidelines, that if you remain neutral, I think history's going to judge us. Uh, I, I, I really do. And, and so I, I was thinking about this the other day. I uh, was studying our, our founding fathers because every time I talk to somebody that is way on the right, and you guys, I voted on the right. I voted on the left. I'm somewhere in the middle. I voted for George W. Bush, but I also voted for uh, Barack Obama. And I think of more of myself as kind of being a centrist. But, I, but I'm way on the right on a lot of things, especially sometimes when it comes to law and order. But it, 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 it drives me crazy because a lot of people that are way to the right, that support the former president, that are getting ready to march on Washington, they're, they're anti-vax, which is interesting because the former president is vaccinated. Uh, he even said at a rally, encouraged people to get vaccinated. He got booed at that rally. And then I see so many people. In fact, isn't this interesting? 29% of all adult Americans say that they will not get the vaccine. They were saying before, if it was FDA approved, now it's FDA approved and they're moving the goalposts again. And they're saying, no, well, it hasn't been approved for the last 10 years. So I'm not interested. Plus, it seems like this vaccine doesn't work uh, and so on and so forth. So you see all these talking points. Did you know of that 29%, 89% of them voted for the former president, and they would consider themselves Trumpers. But again, 
Donald Trump is someone who has been vaccinated and his whole family has been vaccinated. Now, I have family that's not been vaccinated. Some of them have gotten very sick from COVID as a result of this. I have friends that have not been uh, vaccinated. And the other day, I actually told one of my friends that you're not vaccinated. We're not hanging out. We're not going to dinner. And you're not coming over to my house. And you're not going to be around me and my son. We're just not. We can talk on the phone. You can text me. I'll still be your friend. But until we get on the other side of this, we, we, we are not physically going to be around each other. We told you Oprah in one of her super soul conversations and Gail King, they revealed that when family members come over, if they're not vaccinated during the holidays, they're, they're not allowed to come. So think about this. And in fact, Ron, you just walked in my house and I have an American flag hanging off the side of my house. And the reason I have the American flag hanging off the side of my house, in my neighborhood, I used to see the flag fly all the time, especially during the 4th of July, especially during the summer months, uh, especially during Memorial Day. Uh, and the, the only person that is flying this flag this summer is me because a lot of people feel like Trumpers and people that are far to the right, that the flag belongs to them and it doesn't belong to us, that it doesn't belong to the rest of us. And the bottom line is it does. The, fa- the flag belongs to everyone, whether you're way on the right, way on the left or somewhere in the middle like me. But I always get hit with these talking points. You know, the founding fathers did not believe in inoculation, people tell me, which is true. They didn't. They also say that George Washington, people like Thomas Jefferson, didn't believe in inoculation, didn't believe in big government. In fact, they were willing to pick up arms as a result of that and get in the crosshairs of the guys across the pond. And here come the redcoats. The redcoats are coming. The redcoats are coming. Well, the Redcoats weren't coming. The Redcoats were already here. In fact, George Washington was actually one of the original Redcoats. A lot of people don't uh, don't know this, but he spoke with a British accent. And yeah, he didn't like big government. He didn't believe in inoculation until something happened. Until there was a smallpox outbreak. And as a result of this, his army was getting completely wiped out. And so there's something interesting that George Washington did. I wrote about this. I put this on my Facebook page. It's, it's created a lot of controversy. I've had a lot of people coming at me because of this. And I'm okay with that because I am taking a, I, I am taking a firmer stance. I'm taking a firmer stance when it comes to vaccination and inoculation. I really am. I, 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 I'm, I'm taking a firmer stance in some of the things that I write and share. So I want to share this with you. And think about, think about the greatest patriots in this country that a lot of people wrap themselves in along with the American flag. But think about also the founding fathers and the way that they changed their minds when it came to vaccination. So this is what I wrote. And Ron, I want to get your, your response to this. It's called Why the Greatest Patriot Ever Didn't Chop Down a Cherry Tree, which is true, but he did force he forced vaccinations by Don O'Neill. Hey, uh, quiz time, you guys. Uh, what did George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams all have in common? They had many things. Number one, they were all our founding fathers. Number two, they all considered, well, they were considered to be some of the greatest patriots in American history. Number three, they all hated heavy-handed government. Remember, I just talked about that. In fact, they were willing to fight and die for their freedoms. Number four, they all spoke with a British accent and none of them chopped down the cherry tree. Number five, they all did not believe in vaccination or inoculation until number six, the Continental Army was being wiped out by smallpox and that's when they all changed their minds. This is what happened. General George Washington 
then required all his troops to be inoculated for smallpox, and this started in 1777. He said, quote, The scourge of smallpox is 10 times more terrible than the threat of the British Army, close quote. And then what happened after he forced more vaccinations at Valley Forge? Well, the rest is American history. In fact, smallpox was finally eradicated, get this, not until 1980. Not until 1980. And people always say, well, you're tramping on my freedom. You're tramping, you're treading on my freedom. Well, hey, you guys, freedom is not free, and it's never been free. So I'm calling out to all the great patriots out there, all the great patriots that love the founding fathers, and you love to embrace George Washington. You love to embrace those early forefathers that hated government, and you hate government too, and you think it's a big overreach. George Washington forced Forced vaccination. That's right. And people say, well, people died. That's right. Uh, Less than 1% of the Continental Army died, but there were people that died. And I want you to remember this. I want you to remember this, that none of us are going to get out of this alive. So I hope you all reconsider. I hope you roll up that sleeve. And I hope you'll do what General George Washington ordered great Americans to do. I hope you'll all reconsider it. On the basis of our founding fathers, our kids are counting on you. My kid is counting on you. God bless America. Cue Green One! And to all the cops out there, and specifically the 53 state troopers that are wasting our effing time suing the governor because you don't like him because he's way on the left. And you're like, yeah, I don't want that shot. I don't need that shot. Hey, public service is a high privilege. It is not your right to carry that badge and carry that gun. Your car you drive around in belongs to us, not to you. And you know I love cops. But I don't love cops that turn around and they're, they're finding some silly lawsuit against Governor Inslee. So turn in your badge, turn in your gun. And what you can do is you can come dig ditches with me. I have a lot of work. I pay well. You can work alone. You don't have to get inoculated. We'll give you, well, we'll take your badge, your gun, your car, and we'll give it to someone else. And then you can go back to work when this is eradicated. It only took smallpox 203 years. You may be digging ditches with me for a while. I love you all. I really do. I love you all, and I appreciate everyone that listens to the podcast and to the Ron and Don show. But listen to me. Listen to me. You are not some patriotic special snowflake. The carrot didn't work, and you don't like the stick. So go ahead and retire. And don't forget, 96% of all doctors in America are vaccinated. I'm with the doctors. I'm not with some dumbass on Facebook that doesn't know what he's talking about. Love and respect, uh, and that's from Don. Yeah, I appreciate your your passion on that, and I, I agree wholeheartedly to to go do this. It's funny to me that when you you talk about people that wrap themselves in the flag and the founding fathers and this sort of hyper patriotism, um, and we always think we just we just had a twenty year look back on nine eleven, and 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 this will probably probably seem sacrilegious to some people. We we all remember around, I'm going to use round numbers here, around 3,000 people died on 9-11 in the three attacks. 2,870. Around 3,000. Yep. In Florida last week, 2,000 people a day were dying. 2,000 a day. 
just in America, we've risen over 800,000 now, between 700 and 800,000 people. The entire population of the city of Seattle would be like if we woke up tomorrow and everybody in the entire city was dead laying on the sidewalk. That's how many Americans have died. So I'm not saying that a terrorist attack is the same thing as a pandemic. But the, the where is the outrage and the patriotism for the loss of American life that we're seeing in this pandemic? Where is the outrage that now half a million school-age children have now uh, become, come down with COVID? Where, where is the outrage and the patriotism uh, where people will step up and say, like the greatest generation did, what is my duty as an American? Not what is my right and what is my, uh, my little, as you call the patriotic snowflake. It, it's something has flipped where in America we used to say, what can I sacrifice to help America? How, how can I make a victory garden so I can cut down on the, the amount of groceries I need? How can I enlist my, my wife to, to be a riveter, even though she's never worked in a factory before? What, what can I do to send my child uh, into war? How can I fake my age so I can get into the army at 16 instead of at 18? That, that's what we used to have in America. Now we have, how dare you make me wear a mask on my plane flight, uh, and I'm going to scream like a little toddler. And totally ignore 700,000 people that are dead. And if you've ever been to a national cemetery, or if you've ever been to the Vietnam Memorial, or if you've been and you've watched people do a, a you know, a chalk rub on a name of a relative or a loved one, it's not 700,000 names on that wall. I've been there. That was a horrible war that we fought, and all of those men and women died with honor in my book. But think about the scale on this. Don is right. We are having petty, stupid arguments why tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans die. And so just, just stop it with the stupidity. I'm so angry about this, and, and I don't know where to put that anger like it uh, it gives me knots in my my back. <laughs> I feel like I need a massage just because like I, the the energy is just pent up in my system. Uh, but yeah, you, you're right. If you if you think you are patriotic, if you think you want to yell America and put on uh, Lee Greenwood on the Fourth of July and have a barbecue, right with that should be protecting other Americans by getting vaccinated. Yeah, and and specifically the cops and first responders out there. Uh, and you know I love you. You know I love you. And, and for the last 25 years, we have stood with you. And we've raised just for you over $12 million on, on, on this show. We love you. But stop being stupid. Stop it. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that you will take a shot. You'll take a shot from a burglar or a rapist. But you won't roll up your sleeve and take a shot for my son. See you on the other side. Hey guys, Ron and Don here. We're live from the Lutch Rob Studios. And you know what? We have had, as Ron has said, because of climate change, we've actually had a pretty great summer in the Pacific Northwest. And oh my gosh, I don't know if we want any more people moving here. We moved here as Market 14. We're now the 12th largest city in America. 
That's crazy, you guys. And you know what the good thing is for the 12th largest city in America? We have 85 Les Schwab locations to serve you. And don't forget, the pavement's been dry, but now in the last week, we've experienced the storms. The rain is back. The wind is back. Trees are falling. And you better be prepared to hit those brakes. And when you hit those brakes, you want to make sure you're going to stop. And a lot of people think Les Schwab, Ron. It's just tires and wheels, but it's brakes and so much more. Yeah, steering, suspension, batteries, all that stuff going fall into winter. You should go get a free pre-trip safety check, even if your trip is just to the grocery store or up to the ski mountain. Plus, maintaining all those parts helps your tires last longer, helps your vehicle run better, even improves your miles per gallon. Les Schwab is here for you. Stop by and ask for that free pre-trip safety check. Tell them Ron and Don sent you. You can schedule yours online at leschwab.com. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat down, down with Ron, Ron and, and Don. Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50,000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're gonna wait till that offer review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a hundred thousand over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team. And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Check out the nation news at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. As you heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. It's a very busy fall. The real estate market has changed, hasn't it? Uh, a little bit. It depends. It's, it's, uh, it depends on the neighborhood and the house. Like if there, we just made a, a run with uh, our buddy Eric on a, on a townhouse that turned out to be the townhouse. 11 offers, went way over asking price, cash fire came in. So, but it was the one, you know, had a, a panoramic view of the Puget Sound off the rooftop deck in the great neighborhood the whole deal and then you'll have uh, other ones uh, you could put the virtually identical townhouse in a different neighborhood with no water view and that thing might sit for a couple months so it there is some steam getting let out of the pressure cooker a little bit it still depends though you need a strategy and that's where ron and don sit down comes in yeah we're gonna take another run at another house 
and I'm not going to tell you which one tomorrow. And we have a different strategy and uh, we're going to go take this thing down. I feel really good about it, you guys. So, hey, uh, let's talk a little bit. I drive a Toyota. People ask me all the time. They're like, why Why you're, you're in the real estate business? You're driving a real estate car. And I'm like, what is a real estate car? And and when I drive to Windermere Midtown and I pull in there, typically Ron and I are, are well, he used to have a truck. He used to have a Toyota truck. He recently changed cars. I, I'm the only one that's pulling in there in a in a six-year-old forerunner, which I'm kind of okay with because it serves me well. It serves my family well, my dog well. I carry around my real estate signs, uh, my bandit signs, all that stuff. It's kind of a, a, a big office for me and, and, and it works out well. And, 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 and truth be known, I looked at a forerunner the other day. The forerunner that I currently have, it, it, the, 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 the Toyota dealership calls me all the time and they say, hey, do you still have your sticker when you bought it six years ago in the glove box? And I said, I do. Uh, they told me the other day, they said, well, we'll pay you two grand more than what the sticker is when it was new when you bought it. It's crazy. Yeah. One of the reasons for that is because there's a worldwide shortage of cars right now. Also, there's this kind of shift where you see companies right now being more focused on creating uh, battery-operated cars because they've seen they've, they've really seen what Tesla's done, and they said, we got to jump on board. So you, you, you see assembly lines, and you see the brain bank of a lot of these companies really getting focused on the next decade or two of really having a shift from the combustible engine uh, to, to, to cars that just don't go 200 miles anymore, but probably go 500, 600 miles somewhere in there. And right now, for a lot of people, the cost is too expensive, but I don't think we're going to see the cost coming down anytime soon. What's interesting about Toyota, I had a friend who was shopping for some cars. He had to go to the Midwest, uh, and he has a fleet of cars for his business. And he was able, able to purchase four brand new Toyotas. Uh, and when I talk to people around here that are part of Toyota dealerships, they do have product that's on those lots. I was just seeing my mom in Albuquerque, New Mexico, though, and I was driving by these big dealerships. So I drove by this big Nissan dealership that's down there. Acura is really famous down there. Honda's there. And, and Ron, I was blown away by the fact that a lot of these dealerships had no cars, had no cars. The cars that they did have, maybe they had a couple in the showroom. And for no cars. And what people sometimes don't understand is when you're putting together some of these new cars, on average, there's over 300 pieces or 3,000 pieces that you have to put together to assemble these cars. And a lot of it has to do with these microchips. And a lot of these assembly lines have completely stopped and they can't get a hold of these chips, right? Yeah, they can't. Toyota is the only company, the major manufacturing car company, that had a different approach to that. And so if you think about this from an inventory standpoint, uh, all of the major car companies in America and a lot of the, the, the foreign ones as well had this mindset. They said, okay, we, we, don't want, we don't have the space to stockpile any parts, what we want to do is have our subcontractors, our suppliers, we want them to inventory stuff and then get it to us when we need it. So when I need uh, 10,000 uh, microchip assemblies, I want them to deliver those next day because I don't want, I don't have space in my warehouse because if I'm going to hold 10,000 chip assemblies and then also I'm going to have 10,000 or 20,000 door handles and 10,000 doors. Like I don't have space for that. So we want all that stuff and the sheet of the raw goods to arrive when we want it to arrive. And for the most part in a pre pandemic world that worked, 
you might have a week of supplies or maybe two weeks of supplies on hand. And then after that, you just start counting on your supplier. Toyota learned a lesson after Fukushima uh, when they had that meltdown where they said, this isn't going to work. There's certain parts that we need to stockpile. And we need to require our suppliers to stockpile. One of those was microchips. So they, they made this decision after Fukushima. So the, where they went to their vendors and they said, you need to have six months supply at all times of these parts. And they are earmarked for us. You cannot sell them to anybody else. These are Toyota chips. Uh, we want the chipset. And, and we're going to come do inspections. Yeah. And if we show up and you don't have six months, we're going to a different supplier. And so obviously they do enough volume that everybody fell in the line. And so as this pandemic has rolled out and other car companies, we talked about this in a couple episodes ago, there are Ford Broncos as far as the eye can see at the Ford Bronco plant that they cannot sell because they're waiting for chips. And so what Ford did is said, we're going to build it to 98%, tow it out into the parking lot and they're going to sit there until we get the chips. Then we're going to tow them all back into the line and put the chip in there and then send them off to the dealership. Mm. The thousands and thousands and thousands, they can't sell these Broncos because they're sitting there. I just bought the SUV of the year, the, the Telluride. It's actually two years running SUV of the year. I ordered the car. They said, it's going to take you six months because my lease was up on my truck. Uh, it came in in four months, but still I had to wait four months. So I went down there and honestly, on the day I delivered it, and I think it was just because I was writing a big check. I convinced myself I didn't like the color. And so I was like, I, I got open the little, I was in, in the showroom, like you said, and I said, man, that wolf gray is pretty, it's pretty nice. <laughs> I said, I think I kind of like the wolf gray. And he's like, okay, we can get you a wolf gray. I'm like, oh, that's great, man. Thank you. He goes, it'll be six months. I was like, but I just, I, just swap me out. Like I got, why don't you take my car, give me the wolf gray, and then whoever else, you can just sell mine. I got the, it's, the trim package is almost the same. Da, da, da. He's like, that's not how it works, man. We, as soon as these trucks hit the ground, every car is spoken for, especially the Telluride. Mm. And so I had to, I literally walked around that car for half an hour. I FaceTimed with a couple of people, showing them the color. Uh, it, it, I ordered moss green. It wasn't mossy enough for me. And then I just got, I got over it and I it was like, all right, I'll take the car. And so I like the color now, but initially back in the day, pre COVID they go, yeah, we'll put you in the, the, the wolf gray. We got six of them right over there. Yeah. There, there weren't six of them. All the cars are gone. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, American car manufacturers adopt some of these, uh, techniques from Toyota and also from Tesla, because Tesla has said, we don't want dealerships. Go to the mall. Go to uh, West Westlake or not? Uh, yeah, Westlake Avenue. There's a Toyota dealership. It's just in a brick. It's like a, a Tesla dealership. Tesla dealership. It's like a thousand square feet. There's like two cars in there, and that's it. You just go in. You order your car. You can sit in there and look at the. Like you're not driving it. You just go in and sit in and order it. And so the big car manufacturers are like, whoa, 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 that has to be illegal, isn't it? It's like, nope, that's how we're doing it. Like they, that's how they do it. Yeah. Back, well, uh, we're going to talk about how the pandemic has changed uh, car dealerships, and you're not going to believe who's buying up car dealerships right now in mass. We'll talk about that coming up in episode 316. Hey, are you, are, do you during the pandemic, I tried to go on walks and, and, and kind of enjoy myself, and I go on walks with my son and her dog, and, and then I get to the crosswalk, and something happens, and I want to tell you about that next. <laughs> 
Hey, you guys, we got a brand new sponsor. Mitch Weeks is here from Home Seed Loans. If you want to find out more about Home Seed Loans, do what Ron did. He went to he went to Mitch Loans. That's Mitch Loans, right? I did. And Mitch, your process um, all ha- most of it happened online. You've made it pretty easy to submit all the documents I needed to get approved. That's correct. Yeah, we've made it really easy. Um, there's an online portal, and then we also have a whole team ready to answer any questions you have. The thing that I really love, though, is you've come up with a special program for people just in the Ron and Don Nation, whether we're buying or doing a refund. That's correct. Yeah. Any Ron and Don Nation member is now part of our buyer benefit program just automatically. So our partnership means that listeners will save a half a percent on the closing of any loan. Up to the sky is the limit, but that's an average of $3,000 on loans in King County. So that's huge. That is huge. So up to half a percent on a new buy or a refi, go to Mitch.loans today. It's not a .com or a .net. It's Mitch.loans. It's a brand new sponsor here on the Ron and Don Show. The week's team, NMLS 1691573. Hi, everyone. My name is Therese, and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you are ready to buy a new home... I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode uh, 315. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. And don't forget, if you need the buyer's playbook, the seller's playbook, you can write Ron, Ron direct, directly, ron at windermere.com. And uh, we'll sit down with you today. Doing lots of sit downs, meeting lots of you guys in the Ron and Don Nation. And, and, and we are here to help. And in fact, uh, we sell homes all over the Pacific Northwest. So if you're within the sound of our voice, as long as you're not in communist China, uh, chances are we'll be able to help you out here on the Ron and Don Show. Uh, I've been trying to do some things where uh, I just... One of the things you learn in therapy, especially for a guy like me, the reason I love football so much when I was young is just every time I hit somebody, you get a dopamine hit from it. Boom, 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 boom. Just a big dopamine hit. Love dopamine. We all love dopamine, but sometimes you can get addicted to that dopamine, right? And so the the challenge is sometimes is to live in your normal everyday life and to enjoy your life and your people and your family, friends around you without having to have a big event, right? Without having focusing on Friday night lights or a big trip coming up or uh, the fact that uh, you're about to get a, a big promotion at work, all those things that give us these dopamine hits, or maybe you're going out on a, a date on Saturday night, just in our normal everyday life of being authentic, you hear that word, and also just learning to be present, not only with others, but with, but with yourself. What used to really make me mad is all the people that when they get to the crosswalk, they just kind of slow down. And not only do people slow down when they walk across the crosswalk, it seems like if there's 20 cars waiting, they're emboldened and then they really slow down and they pick up their phone and they kind of just sashay and saunter. And sometimes they get confused and they turn around. The ones that really get to me are the ones that are standing on the corner. So legally, you have to stop for them. And even if there's not a crosswalk there, anywhere, if you see a corner and someone's stepping off that corner, they have the right of way. They do. Even if there's not a crosswalk, even if there's not a stop sign, they have the right of way. And in a car, you don't necessarily have that. And so in my neighborhood, we have a lot of people that are walking uh, during COVID. And so I've gone out on some walks and I'm like, well, I'm not going to stand here and stare. Cause you see the people that stand there, they stare at their phone 
and they're looking at the phone and they're not even aware of the fact that, you know, you're trying to get your son to school or, or you're trying to make it to work on time or whatever that is. And, and, and so I decided, you know what, I'm going to just start sashaying and crosswalks. I'm just going to slow down. Can't beat him. Join him. Uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be present. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to love this. I'm going to just say to myself, Hey, those people are in cars. They're in a rush. Uh, I've been to therapy. I've learned to walk a little slower, take in the flowers and enjoy, just enjoy the hell out of the day. And I have to tell you, I have created so much anxiety for myself by doing this. Cause I get to the crosswalk, especially up on Queen Anne Avenue, North in Boston. There's a couple of coffee shops right there that I go up to. And there's a great restaurant called Grappa. If you ever want to check that out. And, and I, and I've tried this a number of times and I don't necessarily look, cause usually I look up at the drivers, I give a quick wave and, and, and then I, and usually I do kind of a fast walk runnish thing and, and get across. And then I over wave and overthink and do all that. I stopped doing that for about two weeks. It just about killed me. It just about, cause I go to therapy now every other week. It just, about put me back into therapy every single week. I don't know. You're what not it, wrong. I, mean, I don't doing, know what you got. You got to. You got to speed up. I don't know what it is. I can't do it. I get in that crosswalk. I want to thank people. I wave. I get. I get eye contact with them. I'm not on my phone. I feel very appreciative that they stopped their big three thousand pound car for me. And I'm like, hey, I got. I I, I bolt across that crosswalk. And the other thing I do is I don't kind of just stand around the crosswalk pretending like I may pop in there and I may not. Uh, any, anyway, I am just... No, you're not wrong because hear me out here. There, there's no enjoyment in the crosswalk that is greater than the enjoyment when you get done with the crosswalk. <laughs> so like your whole premise is, is, is wrong if you think like, oh, there's some sort of enjoyment to be had yeah. by making people wait for me to cross. That's just passive-aggressive Seattle. Is that what it is? Yeah, that feels like Are I'm those better than you because I'm walking and you're driving. Are they people that hate you, though, because you have a car yes. and they don't? Yes. Is that what it is? They're just, they're, it's a superiority complex. Yeah. And you, and you and I also grew up in a, in a state where if you didn't hustle across the street, you would get run over. That's and I'm true. not saying that hyper hyperbolically. Yes. Like, go look at the stats on how many pedestrians get run over in New Mexico. Yeah. You just get run over. Yeah. There are no, people are not stopping. <laughs> you get run over. There is no honor in slowing down in the crosswalk. All right. And it any, serves no purpose. Anyway, and I've also noticed it seems like a lot of people have gotten off the bikes and they're on scooters now and there's no helmets. That can't end well. It's a lot of these people that get on these scooters, they, it, it, they don't look real stable. They're coming out of a bar and boom, they're just taking off down the street. I wonder, and, and then we all know about what happens when you go into one of the trolley tracks and those tires are the perfect size to land in a, land in a, trolley, a trolley track. So nonetheless, I do like the rad bikes. So I see people out on rad bikes. They're power assisted and get you up the hill. And the tires on those rad bikes, they're wide enough where you're not going to go down in, in a trolley track. So well, I'm sure there's some accidents. Well, scooters. Have you been on one of the scooters? Oh, yeah, all the time. Are they fun? Yeah. They are. I'm are like they a as scooter fast rider, as, though. Are they as fast as your personal Because you have your own personal scooter. Uh, my personal scooter will go 13 to 15, and it's, it's, it's got a governor on it. So the, the, the red ones are, are quick. The green ones sometimes have a low speed i actually stopped on one of those the other day and swapped 
You did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by and listening to episode 315. If you're not vaccinated, I hope we're still friends, and I hope we can all embrace the founding fathers, the American flag. And uh, again, I would just say, if 96% of doctors in the United States have embraced this, I'm with the doctors. I'm not with you and all the talking points that have been created in Russia on some kind of bot and then it's been spread all across the land on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And you're like, wow, look at these facts from John Hopkins University in Russia. <laughs> and I love that we blame it on the media because we're in the media. And Ron and I know all about the conspiracy that you guys don't know about. Maybe we'll share that with you in episode 316. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for sponsoring. Uh, or thanks to our sponsors like Les Schwab and also our good friend Mitch. Yeah, right? Mitch.loans. If you want to save half a percent on your loan or a refi, average savings of 3000 bucks. Wow. We have a lot of clients right now that are using Mitch. So if you want to switch to Mitch, all you have to do is go to Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. And thanks for hitting subscribe and giving us five-star reviews. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.